Welcome to Charm the Water. My name is Aaron David. I probably sound a little different because I'm in the office again. And this is Day of Mars. I didn't record a show yesterday. Yesterday was strange. On a, on an emotional side, it was really shitty. But then on, on a uh, sort of monetary side, it was really good. Uh, so I found... At Goodwill, I went there to donate a table, and I found... It was a crappy table. (laughs) The kind you donate. Who uses television tables? I guess some people do. But, man, it clears up room if you stick those suckers on the wall. Uh, So, anyway, I donated that. And part of my thinking was, like, I mean, it wasn't that crappy. It wasn't beat up or anything. Uh, It's just I didn't want it. (laughs) And I didn't think I could make money with it. Uh, so I was like, I'll give back to this Goodwill. You know, keep the mojo flowing. And uh, so uh, I donated that around the side and then went inside Goodwill, of course. And I found two Shuei, Shuei motorcycle helmets. And of course, uh, I watch Rambalak's. YouTube channel and he's this guy in Japan and he just walks around and uh, records and he doesn't talk it's so nice that's why I like Arcus's stream there's no excessive talking I'm afraid if I were to start streaming video game playing or just walking around in the city which I wouldn't want to do in the first place god no not now 10 years ago yeah now, it, I think it's dangerous, absolutely. Uh, anyway, I'd probably be talking through it all. So, for me, it's nice to be able to go and watch Arcus or Rambalak and not have a lot of talking. Uh, just enjoy, with Rambalaks, enjoy Japan's suburban and urban areas and uh, even some rural areas. And I just really like it. But... Uh, You'll see on scooters and motorcycles those Shuei helmets in a lot of his videos. They're just really unique looking. They look like something out of Star Wars that a crazy stormtrooper would be wearing. Like, uh, what were those things called that they rode through? In the video game, Nintendo 64 video game, you got to ride one through, um, through mo. Not most Isley. Yeah, most Isley. Was most Isley the cantina? I'm confused. It was around the cantina. Cantina. The place. Yeah, most Isley was like the... Was not the cantina. It was the area, right? I don't know. What are those things called? Speed bikes? Something like that. You got to ride one there. But yeah, it looks like something a uh, guy... Or stormtrooper. But it would be cool too. It's just really cool looking helmet. I found two of them in Goodwill. A small and a large. And you know, there's a story around all of these discarded things you find in rummages. I was like, this is probably, could have been um, uh, like a parent and child, but probably it was a couple and uh, here, here they go, spending $500 on just their helmets 
and now here they are in goodwill you know is that couple still together probably not probabilities say no and um so yeah that's i actually went to you know make a donation and i picked up pretty much half a grand of course uh, i'm not selling them for new price they are pre-owned but they're in really good condition so i listed them for 199.99 i've already got a watcher on one so 30 dollar investment potentially 400 dollar return let's see what kind of let me get to my percentage calculator Ooh yeah so from thirty dollars to four hundred, good jiggly wiggly, <laughs> one thousand two hundred and thirty-three point three 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 percent return on a trip to the post office in Goodwill. If I could do that every day, oh my God. And you know, there wasn't a lot else in there. I But every time I go, I, I say there's something of value in here. And uh, I want to find it. I don't want to find what I like or what I'm into or, you know, I just wanted to find what actually here is worth value. And it's like a discipline has come into my rummaging. And I swear to God, this trading discipline pours over into other areas of your life. Uh, for example, I, this is what I think, you know, we're talking about this on Day of Mars. I think the discipline, Mars, you either get two things, a discipline path or you're going to uh, be exploded out of the tower. Uh, that's what Mars stuff looks like if you aren't disciplined, if you aren't ready for it. Thinking back to Rufus Opus with the, uh, what are the roadside barriers called to keep your car on the uh, road? Whatever those things are called that you have to pay for if you hit, that you'll get a bill for. Oh my God. Um, Rufus Opus described martial stuff as sort of those. Like if you veer off, uh, there's going to be some violence happen and that's there to protect you uh, ultimately. Um, so a way that, you know, grabbing a hold of this martial fiery energy, which is what Capricorn is supposed to do and taming it through discipline, uh, that is what I have accomplished with trading. This challenge doesn't look like any of the past seven challenges that I've taken. I have still not taken a first trade. And in New York, there was an opportunity, uh, but I didn't take it. That's because I'm forecasting uh, when it hits a certain level and then starts coming at, uh, back up. So it's on its way down, but my forecast is for when it turns bullish. So I'm waiting on that. I'm being patient. I'm stalking price. And that just comes through discipline. And it used to, I would sit here, I felt like I had to trade every day. I got to make money every day. And you're not going to make money like that. You're just going to stress yourself out, uh, cause yourself sleepless nights, 
uh, anxiety, and uh, you're gonna blow up really quickly. It adds up that stress stuff, that martial energy when it gets out of the track that it's supposed to, things go badly, and that's where the evil, you know, um, evil got stuck to Mars. <laughs> because it can go real bad real quick. Uh, but if you find discipline, all of a sudden, you grab a hold of these fiery reins and it's power. Like knowing. So because I know what I'm looking for in trading, I'm not desperate. I'm waiting until it comes by. Uh, and that, that just is empowering. Um, I know what I'm doing. I'm making really good decisions, being patient, and uh, we'll see where this goes with this 10K. I think I have it in my pocket, and everything is different this time. Um, all the pieces had not come together for me up until, you know, just recently with, through the mentorship. And if I go back and listen to day one of that mentorship, the timeline that the mentor gives where you should be dealing with live funds, I am on it exactly. And looking back over that older material, that guy knows what he's talking about. He's been through everything I've been through. And I was too stupid the first time, first two times through the mentorship material. Um, I haven't completed going through it, all of it twice. But I'm trying to go through the early stuff. It's something that for a lifetime. You just go over it and draw more. It's like how people think of the Bible. You know, just read it forever. <laughs> That's, and you get more out of it. The more you understand, the more you get out of it. So my understanding has just arrived very recently. And what this is doing is changing. For instance... Uh, I'll play poker and then I won't play poker and I stop because I get angry and uh, I think that's true with chess and I think it's true with most things uh, that people quit it's because they get angry and they're like screw this I'm not trying to play tennis anymore or uh, whatever it is you know um so all of a sudden I'm interested in playing poker again and I haven't played in a while and I come back and my game is completely different just because I have the same discipline it's carrying over from trading so if I get dealt an ace ace a king king or ace king suited I know I can raise I can have an opening raise. Um, I know I can raise a re-raise with those three potential uh, hands. Anything else, I am not not going to raise a re-raise. So now that I've categorized, just like with trading, broken everything down look at what I'm supposed to be doing with, uh, you know, calling blinds, etc., etc. Now that I'm into the technical aspect or the fundamentals of poker and really trying to understand them, 
like now that I've gotten a little bit of it, you know, I've just started with this. Um, like it's great. I've got a lot more patience sitting at the table. And, uh, you know, it's like saying Heracletus and you can't step in the river. What is it? Twice? Same river twice. Uh, that very much chaos type of, uh, it's all in Dallas stuff. And, you know, we kind of been talking about that, but poker is a perfect, <laughs> it's perfect. It's like sitting, I mean, it's called the river, the last call card. And so now my, um, my perception of what poker is, isn't about me. It's about sitting at the river, sitting at the table and watching chaos work, watching the river flow and watching for opportunities that arise. And when they do, capitalizing on them. And it's about optimizing my behavior through discipline, through knowledge of what's going on at that table with the flow of the river. And it's the exact same thing with trading. That's what I've done. You look at a candlestick chart, you know, it's a chaos dragon. It's just up and down and all around. Who knows what it's going to do? Uh, nobody. But you can sit there and you can bring discipline uh, to it. And you can try to understand its movement and begin to break it down in sections of time and examine those. The same thing with poker. You're just going through and you're applying reason, you're applying logos to what seemed to be chaos. And some people just play poker or, you know, involve themselves with the stock market or whatever, just for gambling purposes only. And that's like feeding, feeding the animal passions. You're just there for fun. And, you know, to, you come away angry. <laughs> you're going, if you're controlled by your passions and a performance-based thing, you're going to come away angry. And that's why so many people quit their hobbies. They go from hobby to hobby to hobby. That's what I did. Uh, and I, like I said, I'm just now 40, I'm 41 and I'm just now coming into what I wish I would have found for myself at like Really, I wish I was born into it. <laughs> but the next best thing would have been getting interested in it at around 15 years of age. And, you know, I look at having children as something entirely different. I look at time differently. Um, I look at how you can grow in these disciplines and how you can become incredibly adept and the only problem is, it's the problem that my uncle came up here and said. He said, and this was so strange, he, he just sat there and we, he said, you don't know how, he's like, the only problem now is I'm running out of time. And he asked me, you don't know how I can get any more time, do you? And he was like, this was like a, you know, he was revealing himself. He was like, I like this world. Uh, this vampiric world. I'm doing pretty good in it. The only thing is, you know, uh, I, I'm dying. 
essentially. And that's what we all come to find out, no matter if we've, uh, no matter if we're a milk drinker or a blood drinker or a wino <laughs> in this world, we all come to find out, you know, we're dying. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I can see how people who become experts in certain areas uh, would wish to be reincarnated so that they could continue. Maybe that's what's happened with me, and it just took me 40 years to shake off the dead skin. Or maybe something stepped in. I don't know how that works. I don't know where the characters, you know, Jung, why he encountered the characters he encountered in the subconscious and in the unconscious, I don't know. They seem to be, you know, there are archetypal characters there, uh, such as Babylon, Sirket, Horus. You know, we could go on and on through the pantheons and um, find correlation between those archetypal uh, gods, daemons. Sorry, I'm pounding on the desk. And uh, we could do that on a collective level, but when you get, come down to personal personal level, they seem to be more unique. Uh, like that hierarchy can be seen. Uh, for example, in my uh, moon initiation, the first one, a devotee of Hecate is who I interacted with. And that's how she introduced herself. And I always have thought that it's still the most perplexing uh, initiation, almost. I mean, the faceless goat makes more sense to me when we talk about uh, what Resh is. And um, Oliver St. John in his uh, newsletter Ordo Astri newsletter this this month has a lot of insight on on that. I think it's it, I was like wow, uh, it's almost like it was being written to me about these the mysteries of Scorpio. But um, anyway, the personal gods, you know, the, the gods at your house, <laughs> at the hearth, uh, they seem to be. Uh, some unique characters. I don't know if that's because they're familial or what. Anyway. So, I'm continuing today to watch EuroUSD. We've broken down exactly as expected. This is just so great. I feel so empowered. Um, I've not made any rash decisions just because I felt like I need to. Taking my time. It's great. It's so great. Uh, I guess since everything's so chill, I could use some of that martial energy. I always try to uh, extend myself physically in some way. So I guess I should go 
suck leaves up in my my thing in the front yard. And uh, I used to not care about that, but you know what? Living where we do, um, people will come by and offer to do it. They'll come knock on your door. Be like, I saw you have lots of leaves. Uh, do you want me to rake your yard? Blah, blah, blah. And um, I don't want that to happen. I think, I think we saw how I deal with people knocking on the door. <laughs> I don't want that. So I'm going to go get the leaves up myself today. And uh, yeah. Until next time.